Amen. If you'll stand to your feet and turn to the book of Nehemiah chapter 1 for the reading of the word today. We're going to read the whole chapter of Nehemiah chapter 1. Uh, we're continuing our series on called Closer. Closer to God through setbacks and times when you miss the mark. That's what we're going to be talking about today. The Bible says in late autumn in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King Exerzerzes, I was at the fortress of Susai in Hanai. One of my brothers came to visit me with some of the men who had arrived from Jerusalem. So this is about November, December, back in 446 B.C. He said, I asked them, I want you to see that, I asked them about the Jews who had returned from captivity. I want you to think about that. I asked them about the Jews. They said to me, man, things aren't going real well. Um, man, there's great trouble. There's distress, distress. The walls of the city have been torn down. The gates are destroyed with fire. And then look at this. He said, Nehemiah said, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned and fasted, and I prayed to the God of heaven. Then he said, O Lord, God of heaven, great and awesome, who keeps a covenant of his unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commandments. Listen to my prayer. Please, O Lord, look down and see me praying night and day for your people Israel. Look at this. I confess we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and me, I, I have sinned. We sinned so terribly by not obeying the commands and the decrees and the regulations that you gave us through Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I'll scatter you in the nations. But if you return to me and obey me and live unto them, then I will take you back and I will bring you back to a place where you have been chosen and you will be honored. Please, at the very end, it says, Grant me success by making me favorable to the king. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that the word will open in our hearts today. And Father, that we will receive things that brings real change in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you today. You can be seated about scriptural, scriptural steps for real change. How many is looking for some real change in your life? Not temporary change. Well, for that, to me, we need to look at scriptural. So in looking at scriptural steps for real change, the first thing we got to do is we got to realize that there's some truth that we need to face. There's some truth that we need to hear. And how many know that sometimes when you hear truth, it can, either, it can be pretty brutal or sometimes truth can be freeing? How many know what I'm talking about? Sometimes truth is very freeing. And sometimes it's a little hard to hear and it's a little brutal. Well, asking yourself the hard questions and seeking out the truth is sometimes hard for us to look out sometimes. It's kind of hard sometimes to say, how are you spiritually? How is your marriage? Are your kids doing okay? How's things going at your job? Your business that you started, is your business doing well? You know, it's kind of hard to ask those hard questions, especially if things don't seem like they are going really good. There's three people, there's three areas that you need to ask this question, you might ask. It starts by asking yourself the hard question. To me, before change can come in our lives, we've got to have some introspection. introspection. We've got to look inside and we've got to ask ourselves and we've got to take an honest look and an honest evaluation of ourselves with an open heart to seek truth in whatever it is. 
The second thing you can do is you can ask others, and that's what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah said, I asked them about the Jews. I asked about the Jews. Man, how many of you have a close friend or somebody that you really trust that, that, that you can make yourself vulnerable to them? Because truth takes vulnerability to where you can go up and say, hey, how do you think things are going with, with me? How are you discerning how things are with me? Tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. How are you seeing my marriage? How are you seeing my life? Friends can do that. And then my favorite one to ask truth to is God. My favorite one is saying, God, show me. And you know, the scripture says in Psalms 139, it says, examine me. Examine me, O God. Know my mind. Know what I'm thinking about. And then he said, test me and discover my thoughts. So we see first, examine me. Then we see him say, test me. And then this last one says, find out. Find out if there's any evil thing in me that's keeping me away from that everlasting life that you want to give to me. So there's three ways we can see truth. Introspection, asking a friend to speak into our lives, and asking God. So when you get to that, then you get down to, again, we're talking about change today. Change starts by seeking the truth. Number two in the scriptural steps for real change, number two is what is the verdict? What came out of those three places that you looked for truth? The Bible said with Nehemiah, things aren't going real well. Man, when I return to the prophet, man, there's trouble, there's disgrace. The walls are down. It's torn down. The gates have been destroyed. The people really aren't doing real well. So that was the state of the union. What is the state of your union? What is the state of your union with Christ? Are the walls torn down? Is the relation broke down? Are you suffering? Are you hurting? Are you doubting? What is the verdict? What is the state of your union with wife, your wife? What is the state of, of the union with friends that you have in your life? How are you doing with your kids? How are you doing in your business? How are you doing? What is the state to, to have freedom... And to have uh, the ability to have godly and positive change, we've got to have that introspection. We've got to ask others. We've got to ask God. And then we've got to clearly look at the verdict. You guys that are business owners, sometimes when, 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 the line, when it's not adding up and the sales aren't there and the company's going down, it's hard to take a strong look at that because you're already feeling bad about it. It's hard to take a strong look at things when you're already suffering. Sometimes it's hard to do that because sometimes we don't want to look at it. We don't want to see it. Sometimes we really don't want to face the hard truth or the facts. You know, it's easier to kind of like live in denial. Sometimes we can't see the truth. And we're like, man, I can't see the problem. How in the world can I fix it? Sometimes we don't really know what the truth really is. Sometimes we just think, ah, it'll take care of itself. It's outside of me. Why get involved? It's really not that bad. But whatever your current union is and whatever your current state is, if you are desiring change, I'm telling you, it's here. God can bring change. It takes courage. It takes courage to look at truth because it springs up some ideas and maybe some regrets or some disappointments or, or things where, where that it causes a responsibility to come upon you that you might rather avoid. It takes courage because sometimes the truth can be painful. Sometimes the truth isn't things we want to hear. It can be challenging to us. There's a healthy and there's a non-healthy way of looking at truth. 
when God brings truth to us, and when a loving friend brings truth to us, and the way we should bring truth to ourselves, a non-healthy way, it should never feel like condemnation. It, can, it should never make you feel like a pile of junk, uh, uh, causing hopelessness and a despairing of heart to where your strength is just zapped and it just clogs up any well of faith that you might have. That is non-healthy way of looking at truth and, and looking at your situation. But a healthy way of looking at it, it doesn't leave you in despair and hopelessness or just feeling rotten. It gives a way of escape. I remember when I used to discipline my kids, I remember my mom told me something one time that really helped me. She said, Brian, I appreciate discipline. I appreciate you trying to raise your kids right, but you got to give them a way out. You pin them in such a corner that there's no way out. When God brings a discipline or God shows us a way that, that could bring change in us, number one, we got to realize that it's God wants our best for us. And we have to realize that, that He gives us a way of escape. He fills, us with, with, he fills us with hope. He fills us with acceptance and desire. And when you have a true God encounter to bring change, faith and power are released inside of you to do it. I want them to put up the screen. I found this on the internet. Grace and truth are a critical balance. See, the Bible says that the law came through Moses. See, if you just have the law, the law, the law, I mean, it leaves you in condemnation and guilt and fear, and none of us can even do it. There's no way out. It leaves you hopeless and despairing. That's why Christ came, because none of us could fulfill the law. The Bible says that the law came, was sent to Moses but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Do you know in the original writings uh, in the Greek that it, it's not two words, grace and truth. In the Greek, it's one word. I can't remember what the word is, nor could I pronounce it even if I wrote it down. But there's one word in the Greek, and it actually means grace-truth. Grace-slash-truth. In other words, it's inseparable. You can't separate the two, the two. So when God comes to you with truth, when God comes to you with an honest look and a true evaluation, it is not to condemn you. It is not to tell you you're worthless. It is not to put you in despair or to cause you to fall into deep depression or to make it where you eat to be comforted and you just aren't happy in life at all. That is the wrong. That is non-healthy. But when God comes and brings truth, he releases a grace inside of you to be able to do it. Grace is the ability to do something you can't do. The Bible says for by, everybody say grace. For by grace are you saved through what? Through faith. So we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, well, grace is the weak. None of us could save ourselves, so Jesus saved us with his grace. So when God brings the truth, he also brings the grace or the ability and the desire to get business done. And then look at this. I also like this scripture in John 8, 32. It says that grace and truth came, so you can hear truth in a healthy way, and then you're, you're, you're not led, left helpless or despairing, but you're happy, and you're looking forward to the future, and you're filled with faith and power because God's grace is there. And then it says this, you will know truth and the truth will, everybody say, set me free. So is truth brutal and despairing, or is it freeing? 
I believe that we are in a time of change. We need to get ready. We need to get ready. We need to be looking for. We need to have our nose in the wind and be ready for change. Nehemiah said the first part of change is prayer and repentance. If you want to write that down, the first part of change is prayer and repentance. So when you really, you're finally to a place where you can look at truth, what do I do next? First thing you do is you, you have prayer and repentance. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. And wept. In fact, for many days I mourned and fasted. Okay? Th- this, I sat down and wept. Repentance, repentance is the Greek word metamorphosis. How many ever heard of metamorphosis? With metamorphosis, we all think of the four stages in a butterfly or moth, where you have the egg, you have the larva, you have the poop, poopa, 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 and then poopa. <laughs> I am way too immature to play around with words like that. My wife always tells me I'm a fifth grader. Four stages, but we got egg, larva, poopa, and then the adult. But these are all supernatural changes to where a larva turns into a butterfly. It's metamorphosis. So repentance is simply a change. Repentance is this. Man, I'm looking at this situation. My marriage isn't where it needs to be. And my friends tell me, it ain't my wife, it's me. I'm a very selfish person. Man, I'm dealing with some stuff in, in my life spiritually. It sure isn't God. I'm realizing it's my commitment. I'm realizing it's my desire, my effort of pursuit after Him. Man, to be honest with you, some of the sins I do, this is all hypothetical, by the way, hopefully. Well, actually, probably not all the time. The Some of the sins I do, the, part, the truth is, I like it. The reason we fail to think is we like it. It feels good. It touches our five senses. We, we like it. So, so the minute we see truth, the first thing is we have to ask God to give us sorrow. We have to ask God to give us a heart of repentance. Do you know God can even give you a change of the mind? He can even, there, there's times I'll even pray out to God. I'll say, God, give me tears. Let, let me be upset. Do you ever find yourself just doing things that you know aren't right? And it's not godly and it's not God's best for you. Do you notice you get to a point where you do it easily? You get where you don't even care. Things that used to cause you to blush. In fact, in Jeremiah, he taught, in Jeremiah the prophet cries out and he said, Oh, Israel, things that, things that, the things that we live in, he cried out to Israel, he said, The things that we lived in, live in, that you're currently living in, God said, when you first knew me, if they were even talked about, it caused you to blush. It caused you to turn red. How many of you ever get embarrassed and turn red? If you're in a setting, it embarrasses you. Sometimes I watch movies, even if it's with my wife. Sometimes we're watching a movie and I see something come on the movie. It embarrasses me. That's the Holy Spirit inside of you showing you the way. But what will happen if we keep on just pounding on through and willfully living and going after the same things, it gets to where our heart gets hardened, to where we can just, we don't blush anymore. It, it doesn't make us blush. It gets to a point where we, I think that's what culture is doing through Hollywood. I think they, they, they're dulling our senses. They keep just filling us full of stuff. 
Guys, that's why it's so important that we go to this creation, that you get your children and go to that Josh McDowell. Guys, that conference will be state-of-the-art. It'll be the best. It's, it's a huge church. It's about 8,000 members. It's our biggest AG church in the state. That will be an amazing conference. Man, we need to get our kids that because society is pushing all this stuff in our kids. It dulls our senses. So the first part of change is you got to ask God, Lord, give me a heart of repentance. Give me a heart of repentance. And you can read 2 Corinthians 7, 9 through 10 on your own. But after Nehemiah, he looked at the truth. He heard the truth. Then he got a change of heart. But what I want to know, I want you to notice is when these guys came and talked to him, it was late fall. But he didn't do anything about it till spring. When you read the Bible, every detail is important. Every detail in the Bible. And what that means to me is when I'm confronted with change, it means I may not be doing it tomorrow. It may take some time. In fact, when we get ready to do our 21-day fast at the beginning of the year, we're going to start talking about it in December because you've got to prepare your mind. You've got to prepare your heart to do something like that. Anytime you do something that causes major change in your life, there has to be a preparation time. There has to be a changing of the mindset. There has to be a, 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 a giving and, and, and a desire has to well up inside of you. Hey, the best, the best example we have of that is diet, going on a diet. How many know diets are worthless if your heart's not into it, if your mind's not there? I mean, I've been fiddle-faddling around again. About, eight, about 10 months ago, I weighed 218, and about 10 months, now I'm back to 268. Boom, just like that. I've been fiddle-faddling around with three weeks, busting my butt at the gym. Huh, Ryan? Hey, by the way, Ryan, my buddy, is back from the gym, and his wife, MJ, and MJ's mom, they're back with us today. Good to see you guys. These guys are ridiculous. This guy took 175 dumbbells at each. Oh, anyway, they're insane. And, okay, anyway. But um, I, I fiddle-faddle around with that. It takes me, I just finally locked in to eating right. I've been fiddling with it for about three weeks. You, you can't eat clean for five days and then go dirty two days. You just screwed up your five days. You, you can't do that. Um, you, you can't say, I'm going to go eat what I want and do a thousand, car, a thousand points of cardio and, and live like that. It just doesn't work out like that. So I've been fiddle-faddling for, for weeks Preparing my mind and, 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 and going around it, I finally locked in this week. I finally locked in, and I lost six pounds. Don't cheer, because I'm mad that I even got to that place again. But you got to get locked and loaded. you got to have a mind change. you got to have a heart change. you got to have a desire. you got to get in that zone. That's the way any zone happens, but... God worked on, here's what you want you to think about, is God worked on Nehemiah for six months. Six months he worked on Nehemiah to get him ready for change. If we don't do anything else today, I just want to get this church where you can say, hey, I'm wanting to hear truth, I'm wanting to take an honest evaluation of my life in these areas, I want to look at the verdict and not sway from it, 
I want to not be condemned, but for the next six months or the next, as we continue, I want to get ready for change. If nothing else happens today, I want to get ready for change today. Sometimes I just don't want that change to happen. Change can happen when you get tired of merely surviving. You know on a fundamental level that life is meant to be enjoyed enjoyed experienced and truly loved and happy and all that you know that fundamentally but you get into work as usual just paying the bills and getting by each month and slowly the it's killing the creativity and the adventurous desire that you have inside of you and you set and you know there's a better way there's a better life you dream you dream of the day that you can finally live with someone that you love do what you really love. Live your life with fulfillment and purpose. And you get to a point where you say, man, I'm tired of just surviving. I want to thrive. That is, that is God giving change inside of your heart. Do you know Philippians 2.13, you might want to write that down. Um, I like it in the uh, NLT. It says that God gives us both the desire and the power. To do what pleases him. How many lack desire in your pursuit? Sometimes the, 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 the proof of desire is in the pursuit. So if there's no pursuit, it's proof there's no desire. Well, where do you drum up some desire? How do I drum up some desire? I haven't been able to figure out how to drum up desire. But I can pray about it. Guys, I'm serious. Let's get, let's, notice I said scriptural scriptural I said scriptural steps for real change scriptural steps for real change I want to hit them again ask for the truth see the truth and an honest evaluation and an honest look don't be condemned let God release faith and power inside of you next thing is um, Ask God to change your mind, supernaturally. Ask Him to change your mind, change your thoughts, change your attitude. Ask Him to give you desire. Guys, I'm telling you, God can do those things for you. Do you, do you all believe that? Because if, if, if we keep trying to do it in ourselves, it's a self-effort. But God wants to make it a God effort. Change can happen when you get to where you're at the end of the rope, and you know that it's now or never. You've been thinking, you've been thinking about making a change for a while. You've had just about enough of sorrow and sadness, enough of lack and unhappiness and frustration. You've had enough of negativity and tenseness in the home. You're ready to rewrite your life story. You're ready to Write something that has some joy and some peace and some success in it. You are willing to do what it takes to create a life of love because you know that you're ready and that God wants that for you. Guys, I, I, felt, I feel this strong. Get ready. Get ready. God wants to bring some change to your situation. He's making a way for change. I'm telling you, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Embrace that change. 
I think we got time for another point. God is changing us from the inside out. What happens is the burden increase. I, 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 this came to me. You might want to write this down. The burden, when the burden increases, the power is released. When the burden increases, the power is, re, is released to where you just can't sit around and be a do-nothing anymore. Think about this, you guys. Nehemiah was a thousand miles away from Jerusalem when he asked his brother and his buddies, hey, what's going on in Jerusalem? How are things going? What's the report back there? When he, when he heard the news from his brother, he could have been like this. Oh, man, I'm really sad for them. Nothing I can do about it. I'm a thousand miles away. You know what? I'm in a good time in my life. I'm the king's cupbearer. Seriously, he had, a good, he had a good job. He had good benefits. He ate the king's food. He, 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 he slept in the king's palace. He, he was with the king's people. He wore the king's clothes. I mean, he had the benefits that were out of this world. He had it all going. He was the king. There was good food and lodging, benefits and retirement. He cried and he felt bad, but that was about it. Brothers and sisters, crying and feeling bad about something can only get you so far. And I'm telling you that if you're just where you're crying, where you're seeing how things are, and you're upset about it, and stuff like that, it's got to get to a point. It's got to get to a point to where you're ready to get up and do something about it. But what I wanted you to hear strong today is this. It took six months for Nehemiah to get there. Think about that. It took six months for him to get ready for that. When God's wanting to do something in you, listen, it will gain in momentum. It's a seed that grows in you. I've learned that when, when, when things come at me and I'm like, is this God? Is this me? Does God want me to do this? Does God want, not want me to do that? The way you can judge if God's voice is speaking to you or if this is something God's wanting to happen in your life is when something's God, it gains momentum inside of you. It gains um, traction inside of you. Things that aren't God, you quit thinking about it. It's not on your mind. Um, it, it, it's not moving you. It doesn't emotionally move you. You just kind of, yeah, sad that things aren't going well for him. Uh, I'm clear over here, no big deal. But sometimes the way we're looking at change, we can have that attitude. But when God's wanting to bring change in our life, it gains momentum and it grows in you. God was working on him on the inside to decide to do something on the outside. God was in the inside changing his mind, raising the passion meter of desire, making him where he would get to a place of discipline and effort required to satisfy the change that needed to come. All this happened, had to happen before in him before anything could happen. And right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I just ask that today as we sit in this service that we would begin to realize that you have a good plan for us. 
that you have a good plan for me spiritually in my life with you. You have a, you have a wife or a husband for me. You have a direction set for me. Lord, you have good things prepared for me. And Lord, today, Lord, today as we analyze and we take a look on the inside, some things I want you to take a look at in the next few moments as things on the inside, I want to ask you is where are you at spiritually with the Lord? Where are you at spiritually with the Lord? Do you know Him? Did you know Him before and you don't know Him now? Did you live for Him at one time and you don't live for Him now? Is He on your mind through the week? Is Christianity something that you value and that you, you, you put great value and you purpose in your heart to live for Christ? I want you to examine or to look at yourself spiritually. Where is it at? And then I want you to ask yourself the hard question today. Lord, is there anything, examine me. Is there anything you want to say to me? Is there anything you want to do in me? Is there anything that I need to do to be closer to you, Lord? Now I want you to take, if you're married today, I want you to take a look at your marriage and evaluate it. Where is it at? Husbands, are we treating our wife like Christ treated the church? Wives, are we loving our husbands? Is there friction in our home that we want to stop? Are we the cause of that friction? Is there something we can do? Lord, change me today. Lord, change me today. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I want us to take a view and a vision of different areas in our lives. An honest look. An honest look. Our union with Christ, our spouse, our friends, our business, our children. And then say, Lord, what can I do to draw closer to you? Lord, show me that truth today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. With every head bowed and eyes closed all across this room, if you are here without Christ today and you say, man, I am spiritually bankrupt. I am spiritually not with Christ today. I want to start right there, there today. I want to change my course, and I want to put my life on living for the Lord. With every head bowed and eyes closed, would you lift up your hand today so I can pray with you? I want to accept Jesus into my heart today. If you'll lift up your hand, I'm going to pray with you. I will not embarrass you. I'm looking across this room. I want to start today by giving my heart to Jesus I see that hand. There's one hand that went up. Anybody else say, I want to give my heart to Jesus today. I want to spiritually, I see that hand in the back. Anybody else say, I want to give my heart to Jesus today. Thank you, Lord. I see those hands. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand to our feet today, church.
There's people that's raised their hands. I don't want them to pray alone today. But let's all pray. Father God, I come to you today in Jesus' name. And Lord, I have heard your word. And I've heard you call me to you to be a Christian. And I answer that call today. Lord Jesus, I know that you died for me. And that you want to live with me. And that you would forgive me of all my sins. And I ask you to do that today. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart today. Lord, from this day forward, I'm going to live for you in Jesus' name. All across the church, let's just give the Lord thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. What we're going to do today is the prayer team. Are you got something, Justin? The prayer team's going to come forward today. Hey, about four people, three I didn't know, but about four people raised their hand. Hey, I would encourage you. Amen. Somebody, woo. Amen. I would encourage you, if you prayed that prayer, Pastor Justin's over here. He has something for you, a gift for you. The prayer team's going to come up. There's going to be a whole bunch of them come up. They will pray for you about anything today. How many know that Jesus said his house will be a house of prayer? Amen. And, and so they are here to pray for you about anything. And Father, before we leave, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for the salvations and people that came to you. And Lord, now we know that people are going to be healed. We know that people are going to be set free. God, we know that burdens are going to be released and yokes are going to be destroyed. Father, we thank you that you are going to declare righteousness and peace in people as they're prayed for today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, everybody said amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.